and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and he has given the reins back this week, Mr. Shane Reeves. I have. I, I abdicate you back to the throne of the control board. I feel like I'm home. It was it was weird last week. I had too much space in front of me on the table. I didn't know what to do with my hands. It was now I'm I'm home. This Did you is, feel a little naked? Like, yeah, a little just bit. exposed. I've got my mic stand back. I'm not using your monkey's arm over there. It's good. There you go. Well, and the special edition with Don Gonzalez. Gonna be was a lot of fun, but I did miss having you to kind of counterpoint. So I guess now is where we tell people that about three days after this episode airs, there's going to be a special edition with Don Gonzalez that we're releasing. We'll discuss the timing after the show. Okay. <laughs> but well, we haven't hadn't even talked about it on the air. But uh, two days ago or yesterday, you actually got to sit down with Don Gonzalez again and uh, kind of pick his brain a little bit more. I wasn't able to be here, so rather than interrupt our regularly scheduled programming, we're going to release it as a special episode, apparently sometime in the future or yes. past. I, I don't know. Well, if we could pull the past, that would be great, but I know we can't go back any further than yesterday. Right. <laughs> so, but, Well, except that it's Wednesday now. It air, This episode goes out on Saturday, so by the time they're hearing this, it could be in the past. We'll, we'll see what's happening. <laughs> Let's light a cigar. Let's stop all this nonsense and light a cigar. Temporal discussions aside. So it's an Avo night. What are you smoking? So I'm smoking something special. This is the Avo Improvisation 30-Year Limited Edition Cigar. Um, i only seen one box of these in the humidor. It was a beautiful, rich, glossy box of a push button. It's a real beautiful, glossy, rich cigar, too. Look yeah. at that thing. Yeah, very smooth, very light in color. Um, a lot of cap work went into that cigar. Lots of different um, different shades go into that. So the, a little bit about it. To kick off the Avo 30th anniversary, they re- released 2,400 boxes of this cigar. It's the first of three limited edition releases. The wrapper is an Ecuadorian Marron. The wrapper or the binder. That is Spanish for brown, just so you know. Is that Spanish for brown? Yes, it is. Cool. So it's got a brown wrapper. (laughs) (laughs) And the binder is Dominican, and the filler is Dominican. Seven and a half inches long, 50 ring gauge, double corona, about the right size. You know, I love the simplicity of when you only release a cigar in one size. I do, too. And we've talked about that before. Some of my favorite cigars are ones that you can only get in one size. The Waltz. The Waltz is a perfect example. The Yellow Rose being a better example of that. Well, in terms of it's one cigar, one but the, the rose being the better of the two. Uh, just about everything from Illusione is that way. And I think you blend a cigar to a size that works, and then you just stop, walk away. Well, Pedro and I got pretty deep into blending when we were having our discussion, and it's interesting as we've had different people on here, and they talk about the different blending philosophies. You know, Sean Hardiman told us about General's bending, blending philosophy. Pedro's is totally different, and I bet if we talk to 10 other blenders we would find 10 other philosophies totally different. But oh, absolutely. I think I think it's as wide and varied as, as a palette. I think it would have to be because that's what influences the blend. Well, it's an art. It's like any other art. There's, you know, there's going you got to develop your style. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of your style, what are you smoking tonight? Yeah, so I'm also smoking an Avo. I don't know if we did this on purpose because uh, on Friday uh, Austin is having a um, an AVO event here, and I've heard there's going to be some special stuff that's going to be exclusive to this event that I can't wait to get my hands on. But I'm just in an AVO mood, uh, and unfortunately, I smoked a Heritage about two months ago, so it was a little too soon to go back to that wheelhouse. So I'm smoking the Synchro Nicaragua. I've had the Fogata on the show, but never the, the Synchro Nicaragua, I'm pretty sure. Great cigar. Synchro Nicaragua. It's got that box press. It's got that dark, oily wrapper. Um, I really enjoy that cigar. For a while, the only way I could get that cigar was to actually buy a four-pack. Yeah. And it was one of the four-packs, but thankfully Austin got the boxes in here. Yeah. Well, I really love this cigar, and you know, it was really hard for me to walk past the, the Heritage tonight because it, it that is a great cigar for me. I really, really enjoy it, but... I actually had a Ritmo on the way down here tonight. So this is going to be a two-avo day for me, which I'm really excited about. That's not something that you can you can tell I had a 
pretty profitable gig earlier in the week, so I'm <laughs> spending a little extra on my cigars. Um, but it's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Mexican San Andreas binder, and Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. So there's there's a lot going on in this cigar, not nearly as much as the Ritmo. I'm going to have to have another. That was my first Ritmo. I'm going to have to have another one on the show so we can talk about it, because I, I understand your review of that cigar now. But yeah, the Ritmo... We'll, we'll have one one night and really break it down and do a deep dive. Because it, it's so funny because you you take a, a draw and you taste something. You take another draw and taste something else completely. And then you take another draw and taste the first thing. It, like it, it changes puff to puff. And it I, I really enjoyed it, but it was really hard to wrap my head around it. But anyway, that's not what I'm smoking now. I'm sm- <laughs> This is the Synchro Nicaragua, and I'm very excited about it. Those that heard some movement in the background, it's me shifting positions so that I can display my new toy to Trey. Oh, he went... No, that's not an Apple Watch. Is that the new Fitbit? That's the brand new Fitbit Versa. Just came out last Sunday, the 6th to 15th. That looks better than the... um, What was the other one that just came out? Um, There's been a couple of Garmin come out. I had a... So I owned a Garmin. Okay, this is not cigar related. When did you own a Garmin? Uh, For six hours, one Saturday. I was going to say, last time I talked, (laughs) that's what you were going to buy. You were going to get one like mine. I owned it for um, six hours, one Saturday, and I hated the interface and the app so bad that I took it back to Target. I just took it back to Target and said, here, take it. Which one did you have? Um, Vivo Active 3. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The one with the round face. Yeah. See, what's funny is I will never buy another Fitbit because of how awful I think their app is. It, yeah, it's funny how these fitness watches have come such a long ways. This one, the profile on this one is perfect for me because when I'm doing heavy bench, my hand would actually press back and press the buttons. Yeah. So I couldn't do heavy bench wearing it and get an accurate reading because I'd actually interrupt my exercise cycle. Yeah. So this one has been really good. I'm I like really the form factor it. on it. It's a very attractive watch. Well, and I've got a new band ordered for it. Of course, never I never keep the band that come with them. Well, the 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 one that comes natural on the Fitbit Blaze that I had made my skin break out. I don't know. I, I apparently I'm sensitive to cheap metal, and I didn't realize. I know plenty of people who have that issue. Uh, I guess I just don't wear a lot of jewelry. Never noticed it until that that Fitbit Blaze. But this one I don't have that problem with. But yeah, it, it, I really thought it was an Apple Watch. They the design is very similar, smooth rounded edges and things like that. It is the design's smoother. It's a little smaller profile, and the um, the heart rate is more accurate on this than it was on the Blaze because it tracks so much better when I'm doing. Because when when I'm lifting is when rubber meets the road. Yeah. So See, I'm when rubber meets the road for me is when the rubber meets the road. It's when rubber meets yeah. the road. When, when you're actually having rubber meeting the yeah, road. Yeah, because I, I don't do a lot of lifting. Although I did do CrossFit last weekend, which that's one of my favorite things of go, about going back home and staying with my folks for a night. is Saturday morning, getting up and going to the CrossFit gym. I don't do a lot of CrossFit. I do know that... As is obvious by the fact you talk about something besides CrossFit. Right. <laughs> but it's it's such a great workout. And the gym that I go to is dedicated to form over weight. And so it's all about... And to the point that every time I go in, since I'm not a regular, they kind of go through the... Yeah, I know how to do a clean. Just let me put some weight on this bar and go for it. So, But I had a great workout. I'm finally not sore anymore. But that's, I, I rarely do any strength training. I'm, I'm almost all cardio, and that's something I could do a better job of. Now, do they do the brainwashing during the warm-up, or do they wait to the stretch at the end? When do, at what point does the CrossFit brainwash happen? When you pull in the parking lot. Oh, is that when it starts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They have a couple of models wearing CrossFit gear walking around so, to kind of get your mind primed, receptive. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then they, they're, they're playing the obnoxious music on the loudspeakers outside. Ew. No, this, this gym is great. It's, it's a small town, so it doesn't... It, they're not having to compete with every old Tom, Dick, and Harry that is opening a CrossFit gym four blocks down the road. So they're actually able to do a very, very good job. I, I, I really... If, if all CrossFit gyms were like this one... I think more people would do it. It'd be less annoying. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. You know, we've, we've talked about discussing this before. You and I have a very different physical regime. 
our you know polar opposite. I would almost say. I would say so. I would because I don't do a lot of you know I do three and a half four miles a day, and that takes me about an hour. I'm moving pretty slow. Yeah. And now I'm doing it on a five and a half incline, and I'm stopping in the middle to lift weights and all that. But I'm I don't want to walk so much that I start losing muscle. Which and, you would be surprised. That's where that's where diet comes into play. Well, and really, the fact of the matter is, we can talk about working out all we want, but you eat to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Losing weight is all about eating, and exercise is all about looking good naked. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. But I do prefer the power game. I do prefer, you know, I bench 315 is my max, and once I finish cutting this weight, I'll probably go back and make a serious run at 375 or 400. Holy crap. But that's still, I've still got to finish dropping the weight I want to drop. I couldn't even, I can't even wrap my head around lifting three of me. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. It's just, it's a wonderful feeling that clear, clean focus you get that you have to have when something that heavy's on your chest. Yeah. Well, but to to that point, you know, I'm actually really looking forward to Saturday. I'm, by the time this airs, I'm actually going to be on a 45 mile bike ride that I'm doing and you know muscle you know all my muscles in my legs like I had to go up a pant size just because when I really started working out my thighs and calves got so big that my I couldn't pull my jeans on anymore and but there becomes a point of diminishing returns where if you're gaining a lot of muscle you still have to cart that weight around right so it's a it's a definitely a law of averages when it comes to those endurance sports because you want to be strong enough to make the distance but light enough to not have to kill yourself to get there well you know when we played racquetball um my power game is great for an hour Mm -hmm. but if we had played another hour you'd have destroyed me right and also, it's it's just a difference in training philosophies. It's also a difference in focus, and I, I think this comes out in you and I's personality-wise. You know, I can stay, I can stay dead focused for hours, you know, on one thing and really drill down on it, such as the endurance sports. Whereas you get incredibly focused, more so than I do, but for short periods of time. Right. And I think that I mean, really, that's the difference between endurance sports and weight sports. Yeah, it is. It's a difference. And, and I'd be interested to know if I moved from weight, weightlifting to endurance, if that would change. But that's also one of the reasons I like triathlon so much is that you do get that little bit of shift in focus at, at two different points in the race. You know, you're focused on swimming, then you're focused on biking, then you're focused. So, so you're still intensely focused over the long term, but you do get those little breaks where your brain goes, oh, okay, we're doing something different now, and it kind of keeps it a little fresh. It's better than marathons and stuff like that. Well, you know, it's funny. year and a half ago, if you told me, hey, you're going to be a guy in a year and a half that spends an hour and a half to two hours in the gym a day and loves it. I'd, I'd have laughed so hard I'd have dropped my cigar. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally fell out of this chair sitting here. But I do. I spend an hour and a half, two hours a day in the gym, and I love it. It's my time. It's my focus time. It's my relaxation time. Um, I would much rather be standing in the gym on a treadmill watching something on YouTube than at home in front of my TV. Well, you know, and case in point was yesterday. I left work and went to go do a TV job and I was I mounted a couple of TVs for a couple and I was it was about 6.30 by the time I finished that up and I was just right up the road here in Brentwood and I said oh at this rate I can get to the shop and I can uh, I can make it before poker and so I get in the car and then I'm like no but I was supposed to I didn't run Monday night and I was supposed to run during lunch yesterday, but work got in the way. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really behind on my training right now. I need, And, of course, I had to drive by the gym to get to the cigar shop. So I was like, fine. So I pulled in, did my workout. Ended up having a pretty good workout considering how, how long it's been. But it was just one of those, like, while I was there, I was focused and I was in it. I was, I was dragging myself, kicking and screaming to get it through the doors. But once I was there, I was happy about it. Well, it took me, I've, I've always told people, it took eight months. It took eight months to go from I've got to go to the gym to I get to go to the gym. Right. It took me that long of forcing myself and of pushing and going on days I didn't want to go 
and things, you know, trainers and everything else to really get to the point that now I want to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym. Yeah. You know, I have, I get the pleasure of going to the gym. Right. Well, all right. Well, we're 15 minutes into the show and we haven't talked about cigars. We haven't talked about cigars yet. (laughs) So let's, let's pull the show back on its rails for a second. Uh, I was cruising half wheel as I want to do. And so I saw today that La Flor Dominicana has released the special football edition 2018. Is this really necessary? Are, are that many people really lining up? And I'm, this, is not, this is not an indictment against La Florida Dominicana. This is an indictment against the people. Is it really so important to you that, that your team and your special little season is, is that you're going to pay an extra $4 for a cigar that has a, a wrapper leaf shaped like a football on the outside of it? So here's the thing. This is a target of opportunity for La Florida Dominica. You can't roll a cigar in the shape of a hockey puck and somebody smoke it. I'd try. Ultimate Frisbee, never going to have a cigar in their shape. Um, Baseball, still can't take a baseball. Baseball bat? Baseball, yeah, but that's a long cigar and it's got that tape that it'd be rough to cap. (laughs) For sure, and would you? So, would you in your baseball bat cigar? Do you poke the bottom or the top? Oh, you poke the heel. You poke the heel. Yeah, but and then the, you're gonna have and this, you smoke it like that. Yeah, you're gonna have this flange that you're trying to trying That's to fine. manipulate. It just looked like Dizzy Gillespie for a little while. So, I think this is La Florida Dominica said, "Hey, let's roll a couple of footballs." Um, but it's it, not even in the shape of a football. It just has the outline of a football, sort of in in the wrapper leaf. It's, a, it's almost a decal. I mean, it's all tobacco, so it's different color tobacco in the shape of a football in the silhouette, but I don't know. It does seem terribly unnecessary. I will, I will say that, and maybe a great cigar. Um, La Flor Dominica don't make a lot of cigars that aren't good. Well, and the thing is, I, really, I actually do like this cigar, but I'm not going to pay $18 for a cigar just because it has a, a picture of a football on the outside of it. Yeah, there's, you know, they're it's an ego buy, for sure. Absolutely. So this Avo, this Impro- I'm sorry, 16, not 18. Oh, okay. Well, hey, check check your local store. <laughs> right. Price and participation may vary. So this Avo Improvisation 30 Year. Let me get my first blush out here of it. We've been right. smoking it for about 15, 20 minutes now. It's it's good. But it's kind of a watered-down heritage. Really? Um, which which watered-down is probably a... Let's, let, let me rephrase that. I'd like to... Please strike take, that from the record. Take two. Yes, I'd like to withdraw that last comment. This is a tamer version of the heritage. If you've always liked the heritage, but sometimes you're not in the mood for a really strong cigar like the heritage is, yeah, this is probably a great choice. Okay, but having smoked the number of heritages that I've consumed in my life, I feel like something's missing. I see. So the blend is there, but there's just a little. It's it's not packing the punch that you that you would normally associate with that flavor profile. Correct. The, the construction is excellent. It's burning good and even. Uh, the wrapper's just beautiful. The color of the wrapper, as we learned earlier, brown, <laughs> is just beautiful. I mean, there's, um, there's a lot going for this cigar. But for the price point of this cigar, I don't know that it balances out in my life. I've got to say, the Synchro Nicaragua is proving to be a wonderful sequel to the Ritmo. I'm blown away by how, you know, because I've had this cigar before and a number of times, and I enjoy it, but I can't help but think that coming right on the tails of that Ritmo, I'm getting more out of it than I used to. I don't know if there's something about the the, the way my palate was coated with that previous cigar, because I pretty much smoked them back to back. I mean, I put that other one out right before we started recording. It's... I'm really enjoying this. That, again, well, I compare every Avo to the Heritage as well, because that is my favorite cigar that they make. Right. And this is just a little bit more in everything. It's a little bit stronger, a little bit bolder, and it's got just a little bit more flavor coming from the fact that it's got the San Andreas and the Habano and the Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. Like, there's a lot going on in this cigar. Well, and it seems like Avo is better at being the cigar after 
than any cigar company out there. I mean, after a ribeye steak, I want an avo. Yeah. After certain, you know, after a, a hard day's work when I want to relax, it's hard to beat an avo. After certain activities. At, uh, yes, cardiovascular strength conditioning, things like that. Definitely want an avo. If you're getting strength conditioning out of that, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> but that conversation can lead nowhere good for me. There's, Especially when there's recording involved. Yeah, the, the definition of fruit up the tree is definitely <laughs> there. So, but moving on, what else do you have today? So I've got something that, you know, I'm an accessories nerd. And this really caught my eye today because anybody who's listened to the show for any length of time knows I'm a big Bond fanatic. And so I saw that Zycar released uh, a a three-fingered case. It's called the Zycar Envoy High Performance Triple. Uh, This is also from halfwheel.com if you want to slide over there and take a look at this thing. I got to say, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous like a black quilted leather with a kind of a light gray to white stitching so it really pops and it looks like the reason I brought up the Bond thing is in the original movies M's office was all mahogany and leather and the the door was a double double quilted door in red leather it was gorgeous I want one of those in my office one day I want a quilted leather door there's there's how much more of a stately gentleman mark can you make on the world than having a quilted leather door? Anyway, so this is a three-fingered case with quilted leather on the outside. It's gorgeous. The bottom of it almost looks like the radiator to an old Hudson. It's beautiful. Um, I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm guessing that's the bottom of it, but I can't really tell from the picture. Well, keeping with the Bond theme, it really looks like you could... Would you like a cigar, Mr. Q, and shoot poison gas in his face out of that or something like it that? It really does. It like that can of talcum powder from from Russia with Love that yeah. has the has the tear gas in it. But the reason I wanted to talk about this tonight was based on something you mentioned last week about the three-fingered case. This thing is five and a half inches tall, so you're almost to your six by sixty. But the problem is it's one and a quarter inches thick. So that would be What's a quarter of 60, 15? So that would be a so it would be a seventy-five ring gauge outside to outside. Now, granted, that's when it's closed, right? So I'm guessing you're probably at about a fifty-eight. It's probably about the biggest ring gauge you could get in there comfortably. Well, the article says when the case is fully loaded with sixty ring gauge cigars, it will hold three. So and and you know it, I think they knew that we were going to be talking about it because they in the picture they've got three of those uh, underground sun grown so I think for that alone you might have to pick one of these up um, yeah and I have I have a couple of Zycar cases my favorite three finger case I have has a zipper instead of being the slides over each other yeah it probably does not hold humidity as well as the ones that interlock I would imagine probably not but I like that mechanical closure that mechanical closure is a lot and that seems to be something lacking in a lot of three finger cases it seems like you have a lot more a lot more faith in gravity yeah than probably we all should well but you get the (laughs) nice i like that uh i like that you get the added friction from that though so you're creating a seal because there's so much material on material when you do it that way now i used to have one that actually had a, a magnetic closure that i really liked but it, it also didn't really hold the humidity very well at all. Well, I'm just, okay, let's do the slide together. But, hey, folks, let's sew a little strap on the end, put a clip on the other side. That way I can just lap that strap right over there. Perhaps, you know, I've got um, shock cord on my little cigar kit, perhaps a piece of shock cord just, attached to just it. Just something so that you know that you can trust it. Well, you would think that I would have more faith in gravity than I do, but uh, gravity is always going to be gravity. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And you can't hack gravity, you know? Right. So there's sometimes in your life you're going to be doing something a little odd, and that'll be the time that the law of gravity comes into play. Oh, absolutely. So that's why I like a mechanical backup. I make, no, I mean, I get that, but I think from an aesthetic standpoint, it looks more in the way than, than it looks like it's adding. That's true. So we're going to step away real quick, enjoy these cigars a little more. Um, I'm definitely enjoying this cigar. I'm interested to see what the next third of it has. I've got about a third of it down. See what the next third of it has, and we'll be back.
Trey here with this week's Cigar Under $8. I uh, want to talk about not really a specific cigar this week. Um, we've talked a lot on this show about going into a new shop and asking what I can get here that I can't get anywhere else. You know, the shop cigars are really the unsung heroes of the bundle business. So, yeah, here we're not talking about a specific cigar so much as we're talking about a species. Something that they have had created and blended. Generally, the whoever they're producing them will bring them in and have like six, and the owner will say, yeah, that is my favorite. I want that to be my cigar. In some cases, I know shop owners that have actually gone down to the factory and blended it themselves there. Oh, yeah, if they offer that service, but it's usually a price point cigar, mm-hmm. usually under $8. Usually you can pick up a bundle in that under $150 range. Uh, most of the time, no label. Most of the time, no box. Right. Uh, but but I've never had a shop cigar that I didn't like. It's always going to be a lot of bang for your buck because they know that this is representing my shop. Yeah, and a lot of times it fits the flavor profile of the person who owns the shop as well. So a seasoned cigar owner, a seasoned cigar smoker who owns a shop is probably going to have a little more refined palate. So you're not just going to get something that's straight mono note. It's going to usually have a little bit of complexity for the price point. So the Cigar Under 8 this week, go to your local shop and ask them, what's your house cigar? Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. He is my muse. <laughs> You're getting into some dangerous territory now, bud. You know, that, that statement is so funny because you hear people say that, and it's not a romantic statement. It's not, but it has been contrived into such. It seems like it's always interpreted that way. And well, because how many muses do you know that aren't? Oh, I have. I, are you kidding? I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking famously oh. in the zeitgeist. Well, the human nature is not so good at giving credit to other things. And all, but there's a lot of, I'm sure there's at least three or four, you know, long-haired hippies somewhere that says nature is their muse. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, and they, one of but, them got but famous. But what do you call those people? Tree huggers. That's See, true. there's an inherent sexuality there. Or romant- romanticism. <laughs> We're going to, uh, first and foremost, I'm not inviting you over my house to plant trees this weekend. You just got out of that chore rather <laughs> rather deftly. I'll commend you on that. But secondly, we're going to talk about our cigars now. <laughs> and apparently you're enjoying yours much more than I am. Hey, so <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, Shane. That's right. Well, this Avo... I'm, not in this case. I'm smoking the um, Improvisation 30th Anniversary. And I'm feeling old first because it says 1988 to 2018. I swear, I thought 1988 was like two years ago. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm definitely getting older. Because when you see 30th anniversary, I thought I was expecting to see, you know, 1953 or something like that. Yeah. Well, it was like, so the Boston Marathon was last weekend. And for the first time in 35 years, a an American woman actually won. And it was it's phenomenal. Her name is Des. I uh, can't remember her last name at the moment. But it was, it was a truly inspirational story. But so you think, it, like, first American woman to win it in 35 years. Yeah, and you look, the last time was in 1983. It's like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> that should be, like, 70s. That should be so much further back. That is that is an amazing accomplishment because that's a that's a big dollar marathon, ain't it? Winner takes home quite a big... Yeah, yeah, she finished in two hours and 39 minutes, I want to say, which is lightning fast for 26.2 miles. Oh, yeah. That is lightning fast. Well, before we get back to health and fitness, tell me about <laughs> your... Tell me about your... Sing, a your little bit of a one-track mind tonight, apparently. Um, man, this is, this is the cigar I needed tonight. You know, one of the things that I love about doing the show is that it's a, a chance for us to just kind of sit back, unwind, and, and just kind of let the week fade away. And I feel like Avo just does that better than anybody else. It's kind of like you were talking about. It's a great after cigar, right? It, it just, it's a perfect punctuation mark. Yeah, it really is. There's a, you know, my schedule is pretty intense. I have a pretty tight schedule all week between running my business, between the podcast and all the things that I want to do in life. I keep a pretty tight schedule, but Monday and Thursday night, 
our mine and my wife's night just to sit on the back porch and play video poker and smoke a cigar. Yeah. That's our night. I protect those nights just like I protect Saturday morning for garage sales. Those are jealously guarded times in my life, and the cigar is the perfect accessory for those times. Not garage selling so much, but... (laughs) (laughs) And although I haven't tried it yet... I'm sure you could make it work, I, I especially if you keep a, a bunch of hundreds in your back pocket and you show up, you got a cigar in your teeth. How much for that? Well, now I'm already wearing the top hat and the monocle. How much further do you want me to go? You need a cane as well, but then oh. you can't carry as much to the car, so it's kind of diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah I double as pack mule, so <laughs> here, hold my, hold my cane while you get this concrete fountain in the back of the truck. So I want to be there that day. <laughs> My mother would always buy something made of concrete at the flea market, and Dad and I would just look at each other and groan. <laughs> and all. So, okay. So let's talk about cigar shop guys real quick. I've got to ask you an important question that I did not prep you for at all tonight. You're getting good at this. I, I usually like I usually like to get a raw, honest feel from you. But, but when in doing that, all the listeners get is dead air. But anyway... <laughs> Well, While the hamster cues up the wheel and starts spinning. I, I, I feel like you can think to your feet. All right. So, would you rather be... Oh, this is, a, this is an A, B, or C question, huh? Would you rather be the guy that brings the party? The guy that when you walk into the cigar shop, everybody's, Hey, Trey, how are you? And they, you, they know you're going to bring the party. Yeah. Or would you rather be the guy that gets things done? Oh, gets things done. You think so? Absolutely. 100% of... In... Well, okay. I'm, I'm thinking more just in every aspect of my life. You, you're saying specifically to the cigar shop. Specifically to the cigar shop that they say, Hey, um, boy, it'd be nice if we had these other cigars in the humor. Get, put Trey on that. He'll get that done. Or, hey, we'd like to have a poker game here on Tuesday nights. Put Trey on that. He'll get that done. Um, yeah, I think I'd still rather be that guy. You'd still rather be the guy that gets things done? Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I... I don't know which I would rather be. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer as with any hypothetical question. Eh, you've challenged me on that a few times. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> um, in this case, there's no wrong answer. Well, you know, for me, like, but that's just the guy I am in general. I am the get stuff going, done guy. So, I mean, if I could apply that to my, to my cigar shop relationship, I think that would be pretty cool. I'm never going to be the bring the party guy. I'm the leave me alone guy. Yeah, I noticed that sometimes you kind of, well, you know, I've called you before. I was about to say, I always get a phone call from you about two hours later. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the bring the party guy, right. and part of that is I'm, I like to keep an eye on all my guests and just call and say, hey, is everything, everything Especially when function? I give you the Irish goodbye and you just look at, what, where did, yeah. what, oh. what, what, Trey was here? What yeah. happened to him? I, I didn't even get to show him my new Fitbit. So, <laughs> and all that was last night. So I did have to call last night and say, hey, is everything, everything on the up and up? But sometimes I just want to, you know, sometimes I come here for the social interaction. Sometimes I come here for a cigar. And well, oftentimes those lines get blurred. But, you know, it's just, yeah, so I would much rather be, because the problem is when you're get stuff done guy, you can do that. When you're bring the party guy, you have to always bring the party. Right. If, I, if I'm not coming here to bring the party, I'm staying at home. Yeah, exactly. In, in most instances. Because then people will think you're an a-hole. Yeah. But now this does bring me to a different topic that I, we talked about talking about tonight, or that we had emailed about talking about tonight. How much has being a gentleman changed? You know, we always refer to the cigar as a gentleman's pursuit. And in our day-to-day life, it seems like being a gentleman is changing because of the advent of technology and the different movements and social media and all that. How much is that changing and how much of it is going to always be the same? Well, you know, I heard, I was listening to a podcast on the way here tonight and they mentioned something that immediately triggered in my mind because I knew we were going to talk about this and it was talking about moral dilemmas and how oftentimes inaction is almost always the morally wrong choice. And one of the hosts of this podcast was talking about how he has this overwhelming desire to not inconvenience strangers. And I got really thinking about that. And I really think if you boil 
you know, you can talk about the chivalrousness of being a gentleman. You can talk about the, um, you know, the more granular things. But I think at the at the core of it, it's that because I'm I'm this way too. I will go out of my way to not inconvenience a stranger. Sometimes more so than to people I know. It's really weird, but it's just it's part of being a good citizen. I, I think there's something. But to me, that kind of goes to that core of 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 being conscious of others first. Well, the single greatest device invented by man that is eroding the gentleman to me is the cellular telephone. It is eroding the gentleman because every time I'm talking to someone, having a cigar, and they pick up their phone and look at it, I just want to smack them. Well, but the thing is, there's two sides to every story, right? You know, if if the person's sitting there scrolling through Facebook or Instagram while you're trying to have a conversation, that's in that case, I agree with your statement. But the one-off text message or the one-off, you know, work email, sometimes I don't think it's ungentlemanly to understand priorities and responsibilities. Well, I usually will preface that because I usually know when there's a text or an email coming in that's important. Yeah, And I'll, you know, when I sit down and as I'm lighting my cigar, I'll say, hey, fellas, I apologize in advance. If my phone rings, I got to get it. She may be going into labor at any moment. So uh, there's, you know, there's a few things like that. If that's the case, why are you at the cigar shop? Well, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm a little bit of hyperbole for the purposes. I get it. Well, I'm also old school in my heart. I don't think men got any business in the delivery room, but (laughs) I mean, they're not the doctor. They're not the patient. Get out. (laughs) That's just my... And uh, were you there for the birth of your daughter? I absolutely was. Uh-huh. It's like watching your favorite restaurant burn down, right? Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> That's actually not my joke. That's a, somebody else's joke. I, I know, should. but... If I, if I knew I was going to use it, I would have found. <laughs> I would have pulled up his name so that I could have given him proper credit. This is going to go down as a rare episode of the Cigar Cast, I think. We are both off the charts. So, another thing about modern gentlemanizing. <laughs> you want to try that again? Uh, well, you can't call it chivalry. No. And, all, and, you know, about being the modern gentleman. Okay. Is it just me or are women making that harder every day? Ooh, uh, <laughs> God, you're making my job hard tonight. <laughs> well, no, I disagree. So, it... No, I think I think the definitions are changing, um, but I think part of being a gentleman is being able to evolve, is not being a knuckle-dragging troglodyte, and so that's a word I don't get to use very often. And so, so I think with the Romacraft makes the troglodyte, right? <laughs> they should. I know they make the knuckle dragger. I'm just assuming they make the troglodyte. And the Neanderthal, they should have the troglodyte. Yeah, they should have the troglodyte. So. You know, so as the expectations of others for you changes, you should have the ability to evolve to suit those um, to suit those expectations. I think I, I don't think women are making it harder to be a gentleman. I think I think they're making gentlemen. I, I think they're making the person who wants to be a gentleman have to make more conscious decisions than are what just is assumed. Well, it's such a moving target. Hitting, hitting that, um, you know, I'm always a guy that somebody, wa- I walk in and someone looks nice, a lady looks nice, I'm happy to tell her, hey, you look very nice today. But that can come off as creepy so easy. It can. You know, used to, and, I, and now this is not, I'm not blaming this on women, this is men's fault because there's a lot of creepy men out there too. Right. But there's, you know, it's so hard to just pay a lady a compliment. You know, one of the young ladies that was in here, she's lost quite a bit of weight lately, and I came in and seen her, and I was going to say something about it, but I kind of did the math. Okay, this is her age, this is my age, minus carry the three, add four, divide by... uh, Sorry, no compliment for you tonight. So it's kind of difficult, because, you know, if if it's an older lady, you can always say, hey, you look very nice today, and it's no problem. But these, you get into that, that 20 to 30 range, it's hard to pay a compliment without being considered creepy. Well, but also you've got to think about what you're what you're complimenting, right? You know, if you're complimenting looks, that's a very tricky, you know, that's a very tricky scenario. But if you're complimenting intelligence, or if you're complimenting 
other aspects that, you know, women get hammered over the head. And I hate painting with broad strokes like this, especially since it's outside of my frame of reference. But you get hit over the head with look a certain way for your entire life. And being played those compliments could be seen as reinforcing that expectation where paying a compliment on something that maybe they have control over. Like, this is, this is true for myself. You know, if, if you compliment me on something that I don't really have any control over, it's like saying, hey, you look tall today. Okay, great. But, hey, you did a great job with X. Or, you know, those are more meaningful anyway. So I, th- I think that, I mean, when it comes to compliments, I think what you're paying the compliment on has more to do, it has more to do with its reception. Well, and it's, you know... It's tough. I will just say that is one of the top cell phones and how to compliment a lady are the two most difficult things in my quest to be a gentleman. In my quest of living in this modern world and being a gentleman, um, those are those are two two hard things to hit. Well, and it's it, you're right. It's a moving target, and it and it is hard to know. I I wrote a screenplay a number of years ago. Um, it was a little comedy short. I was really proud of it, but I couldn't get it made because of a, a fight between my production team about who should win the contest. So anybody who's a fan of Monty Python's Flying Circus, they had a sketch called the Twit Olympics, and it was a bunch of people, they fire the gun and they start running the wrong way, and then they can't, you know, drink a glass of water. They're throwing it over their shoulder. It's just, a, it's just hilariously silly. And then, about then, someone on YouTube created a, one that was the Hipster Olympics, and of course, the gun fires off, and no one does anything because it, you don't want to be right. It's not cool to act like you, you're interested, whatever. So, my idea was the Gentlemen's Olympics, and I've got to say, it's one of my favorite things I've ever written because you've got the like getting dressed in the morning, getting showered, you know, the the guy that sniffs the t-shirt out of the hamper and throws it on versus the guy that spends 30 minutes ironing his clothes. And the the fight was with my production team was over who should win. Because the whole idea was you'd have one guy on the far end of the of the scale slobby slob, slovenly the other guy was, you know, the Felix to his Oscar. And right. then you had a couple of guys in the middle. And they wanted all of the super neat things to be one guy and all the super slop, sloppy things to be the other guy instead of letting them trade off because some everyone's not the same thing in every aspect. Right. And, and so, um, but the whole idea was that I didn't want to be painting this picture of what the true gentleman was because it's a, because there is no definition. And Okay, good. I'm going to ask you to paint the picture of what a true gentleman is right now. Um, <laughs> spoilers. This is a modern day problem. Um, you, is it though? It, it really is in that, you know, you catch Ultimate Beastmaster on Netflix and you watch it all the way to the end. And before you can discuss it aloud, you've got to find out at what stage in their viewing are they. Or oh, okay, okay. You can't discuss Game of Thrones on Monday that came on on Sunday because somebody may not watch it till Wednesday. Okay, I, I thought you were going the other direction, which is that people spoiling it are the problem. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you're, you enjoy it on your schedule, I'll enjoy it on my schedule, but you cannot say that your enjoyment of something trumps mine. See, but that's not the angle I'm coming at. The angle I walk is I can enjoy it whether you try to spoil it for me or not. See, I can too. So it seems like that people that get concerned about it being spoiled drive me nuts. So is it? So is the, the path of the proper gentleman to take into account the spoiler or to power forward? See, it's a tough one because, like I said, you know, don't inconvenience others, right? But at the same time, if you're a season behind in something, that's not on me. Yeah. You know, if I'm, especially if I'm having, now, if I'm just bringing something up to talk about it because it's my interest and I, and you have, then then the gentlemanly thing to do would be change the subject to something we could both speak of. 
But if I'm having a conversation with you because we just watched the newest episode of underwater basket weaving last night and we want to talk about the underdog who won by the way Jacques got the lead in that I know (laughs) if there's someone sitting there who's oh I'm three episodes behind don't talk no sorry that's on you well and you know okay I can understand if you know Ned Stark gets ate by a dragon next week on Game of Thrones not walking in on Monday say wow did did you see him struggling as he was going down the gullet yeah. If, it's, if it's a big one, I can see that. Yeah. Start, start by, do you watch this? Are you caught up? Did you see it last night? You know, if you're, if you're trying to speak to someone directly about it, then I do think you owe it but a week. A week max. Okay. But on a TV show. Here's my problem. Why does football, basketball get an exemption from this? That's, that's a really good question. I mean, so how hypocritical are these guys that'll grumble at me for saying that, you know, Rick got bit by a zombie on The Walking Dead, but will come in and say, oh, did you see those Steelers? 36-74 over the whatevers. I uh, can't think of another ta- another football team right now. <laughs> but, you know, they... The whatevers are part of the Canadian League. Yeah, yeah. And how do they get an exemption and I don't? That's a very good... But see, this kind of goes back to that point. If there's something I'm that interested in that I could have it spoiled for me, I'm staying off of social media. Now, luckily, as we talked about last week, I like really fringe sports. So a lot of my social media is cycling. So if I'm a day behind on a, on a major race, then I'm just going to stay off my social media because I follow all the teams and all the athletes. And I don't have to worry about someone walking in the cigar shop and say, oh, did you see that Peter Sagan, blah, blah, blah. Like, no one is going to know that. By the way, quit sending me links to your underwater basket weaving fantasy leak. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to sign up. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be more likely to sign up for a go- fantasy golf league or something. <laughs> but I'm just curious because it seems so inconsistent. This whole spoiler situation is wildly inconsistent. Sports gets a get, and then is there is it three days? Is it a week? Is it seven days? Somebody somewhere needs to make a rule and us all agree to abide by it. Right. And the penalty for not abiding by it is a swift slap cross face. Well, I also think there's a there's a kind of a precedent for sports as being a live event. You know, even even in, from the advent of the DVR, right? You know, sports have always been a live event, whereas TV shows not quite so much. It's not it's not um, appointment viewing. Well, now here's my question: Is it that? Or is it that our society has become such a results-only society they can't enjoy the process? Where sports, you get the results and you can enjoy it there because they're, eh, you know, they ran a few plays, they cycled up a few hills, they did a few things, you know. It's pretty consistent what they're doing, whereas TV can be so wildly different. Have we quit enjoying the journey and just fell into the destination? I think you really hit the nail on the head there. And I wouldn't have thought about it unless you said it. But, yeah, I think that's exactly it. When the game is over, the game's over. But when the episode's over, well, you've still got next week's episode. You've still got this thing going on. So it's not as compartmentalized. So with a football game, hey, it's over. It's done. This is it. Whereas the the TV show is is the journey. Yeah, and I think think that's something, you know, I can... You know, I I can read the results from the latest WWE pay-per-view and still sit down and watch the whole pay-per-view and enjoy it just as much as if I didn't know who was going to win the match because I enjoy the process. I enjoy, did he hit this spot? How did this sale go? How was this transition from this maneuver to the other? Well, I also think that has to do with wrestling just as, as kind of a different animal altogether because you're not because you're not watching that for the result. Because you know going in that the result has already been decided. So you're not you're not there just to see who wins. You're there to see how they win. Be- right. Because it's not a feat of you know, cuz I don't think you'd feel the same way with UFC. Um yeah, probably. I mean, you're not a huge fan of the UFC, but I'm just saying like because that is the outcome is dependent on what happens in the ring whereas wrestling it's more about the show, and it's more about the... Right. The least important part of a wrestling match is who wins. Exactly. I mean, that that's by far the least crucial part of it. But, so coming back, 
Um, I know we got to be winding toward the end of the show right now. I've really enjoyed this um, improvisation. Like I said, it's it's a this it's whole a, show has been an improvisation. <laughs> it's a tamer heritage, is really what it is. They, and I don't know if it's not the same blend as the heritage and just wrapped in a different wrapper that's given me that feeling. But I'd be interested to have you smoke this sometime and really tell me if you get the same notes out of it. What's the what's the price point on that? And sixteen dollars and nineteen cents MSRP. Mm. And I'll add a little bit if you're buying it in Brentwood. But um, <laughs> but still good cigar. It's you're getting you're you're heading toward Padron money. Yeah. Well, so, I was just thinking for the complexity of the heritage with a little bit lighter hit, if it might be a good introductory cigar. But at that price point, that that, that kind of kills it for that avenue. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to make that an introductory cigar. Now the good unless thing it's is, a celebration, unless it's a special occasion introduction. Sure, and you know she had the baby, but <laughs> that's what the it's a boys are for. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got I've got an 18 year old it's a girl in my locker in my cigar humidor at home. I'm interested to see what an 18 year old Swisher Sweet. I will smoke it on her 21st birthday. Um, <laughs> There's so many ways that can go wrong. <laughs> but God, we've got to do the after-hours version of this show so that I can comment on things like that. But until next week, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? They get a hold of us by going to facebook.com slash thecigarcast, uh, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast, or if you prefer good old-fashioned email, it's kind of going back to that 30 years thing, right? Old-fashioned email. But that's really the, the slowest way to get a hold of somebody. Anyway, info at thecigarcast.com. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. I'm glad y'all come along. Uh, catch the special edition at whatever point it is released. <laughs> Probably before now, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Also, uh, go rate us on iTunes um, or whatever podcast platform. It, whatever the algorithm that iTunes uses to help other people find the show, that really helps. So throw us a rating or review. Um, if it's a bad one, email us first and we'll fix it. Uh, <laughs> but that, that really helps us out if you could do that for us. Well, thanks, everyone, and until next week, have a good cigar and think well of us. 